MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Today, GSA Emily Murphy has signed off on the Biden transition. Georgia and Michigan have certified their election results for Biden. Carl Bernstein lists 21 GOP senators averse to Trump's actions, most of which are remaining silent. Netanyahu flew to Saudi Arabia to meet with Mohammed bin Salman and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Biden has started nominating cabinet members. The TSA has recorded its busiest travel weekend since March, and the Supreme Court justices are reassigned to circuit courts. I'm your host, A.G. Oh, what an awesome, awesome day. Joining me today for the headlines and the incredibly good news later on in the show is the one and only Mandy Reeder. Hey, Mandy. Hello, A.G. How are you? I am so, so good right this moment. I mean, mm-hmm. it changes. It could change. But right this <laughs> second, I'm I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, too. I, I feel such a... I don't know. I feel like because the transition is finally moving forward a little bit, I haven't relaxed really since Biden was elected, but I'm finally feeling a little sense of relief now. It's sinking in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took like the biggest, deepest breath I have uh-huh. taken in four years and, and I cried a little. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's I come just... in stages, I think, over the last few weeks. At first, I felt an initial wave of relief, but I didn't fully relax. And that's when I, I mean, not that we'll ever fully relax, but I'm ready for the next part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and with these new cabinet picks that we're going to go over in a little bit in Hot Notes, it's really looking incredible. So uh, also today, in, in today's show, I'm going to be speaking with Supreme Court expert Steve Vladek. He's also a professor at uh, University of Texas School of Law. And we're going to talk about these weird conspiracy theories floating around with regards to the reassignment of the Supreme Court justices to the circuit court. As you know, every circuit court has a Supreme Court justice that kind of is assigned to it as an administrator. Uh, and and he and I are going to go over that and what it means, which is actually really nothing. So uh, <laughs> that is what's on deck today. Um, we have some big news. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So obviously the lead story today is that GSA Emily has officially signed off on the transition. So that can begin. She's funded it and given the office space. And now uh, Biden can receive the president's daily brief. Uh, She's still an asshole, though, and her letter sucks. But the world (laughs) is breathing easier tonight, as we said. So let's go over this letter, because first of all, she didn't refer to Biden as president elect, which is the norm. That's the huge And it also pointedly does not say that he is the apparent winner, which is what she has to ascertain in order to begin transition. And also, uh, she mentioned the threats that she's been getting, uh, like as an out, like a PS. I've been getting a lot of threats as though would like to seemingly to blame Biden for stoking that anger. Uh, Let me read some of this letter to you. That rings true in Trump's statement as well, which I'm sure we're going to cover in a moment here. Yeah, actually, you can you can go over his tweet if you want to pull that up while I read this little bit. Sure. Um, So she's dear Mr. Biden. 
fuck you. As the administrator of the U.S. General Service Administration, I have the ability, under the Presidential Transition Act of 1963, as amended, to make certain post-election resources and services available to assist in the transition. I take this role seriously, and because of recent developments involving legal challenges and certifications of election results, I'm transmitting this letter today to make those resources available to you. I have dedicated much of my adult life to public service. This is where she toots her own whistle. And I've always strived to do what is right. Bullshit. Uh, Please know I came to my decision independently based on the law and available facts. No one asked you that. Uh, So what that (laughs) says to me is that Trump didn't, you know, Trump didn't tell me to do this. Uh, or didn't tell me to not do it. I was never directly or indirectly pressured by any executive branch official, including those who work at the White House or the GSA, with regards to the substance and timing of my decision. Yeah, uh, no one asked you, lady. <laughs> so that's interesting that you, me, methinks thou dost, doth protest too much. She says, to be clear, I didn't receive any direction to delay my determination. I did, however, receive threats online by phone and by mail directed at my safety, my family, my staff, and even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this determination prematurely. Prematurely. <laughs> now, death threats aren't cool. Threats to pets aren't cool. I don't, I don't advocate for that. But then she goes on, even in the face of thousands of threats, I always remain committed to upholding the law. No, you didn't. Contrary to media reports and inst- insinuations, my decision was not made out of fear of, or favoritism. Yeah, wrong. Instead, I strongly believe the statute requires the GSA administrator ascertain, not impose, the apparent president-elect. Unfortunately, the statute provides no procedures and standards for this process. Yes, it does. So I look to precedent from prior elections involving legal challenges and incomplete counts. No, you didn't. GSA does not dictate the outcome of legal disputes and recounts, nor did they have a Uh, The issues that the Constitution, federal laws, and state laws leave to the election certification process and decisions by courts uh, of competent jurisdiction. I do not think that an agency charged with improving federal procurement and property management should place itself above the constitutionally based election process. Shut up. I strongly urge Congress to consider uh, amendments to the act. So now she wants the rules changed because, you know, she, she fucked it up. Anyway, she goes on. I didn't pick the winner. Uh, instead, my role is narrow to make resources available. She didn't. Um, and then she goes into Section 7. and it, uh, So she's making $6.3 million available to carry out the provisions and another million dollars pursuant to public law to provide appointee orientation sessions, da-da-da. Um, that's about it. If there's anything we can do to assist you, please contact Miss Mary D. Gilbert from the Federal Transition Coordinator. The Federal Transition Coordinator. Yeah, if there's anything we can do to assist you. Emily Murphy. Yeah, how you could have fucking signed off on this uh, a while ago, Emily. So that's her bullshit letter. So what's this Trump tweet? Because it doesn't seem like he wrote it, right? It seems like maybe Nikki Haley wrote it or something. (laughs) You know, it's funny to me. I wish I would have heard this a long time ago. And, uh, you know, four years ago would have been helpful at the start of all of this bullshit. But uh, last week I saw a quote that said, remember, most accusations from a narcissist are actually confessions. And we always say, oh, he says the quiet part loud. But that simple statement, a narcissist, uh, the accusations of a narcissist are usually confessions. It's I mean, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Donald Trump's tweet about this. (laughs) This is his this this is his concession. He's such a (laughs) he's such a giant baby and such an asshole that he had to deflect his loss by making it about uh emily murphy and how he's only conceding because of the abuse that she's faced so the tweet says 
I want to thank Emily Murphy at GSA for her steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She has been harassed, threatened, and abused, and I do not want to see this happen to her, her family, or employees of GSA. Our case strongly continues. We will keep up the good fight, and I believe we will prevail. Nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, I am recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols, and I have told my team to do the same. So (laughs) if this was in good, obviously, neither of us condone abuse to anyone who works for this, for the GSA or to anyone or anyone's property. Very bad. But this is not in good faith. (laughs) This is not in good faith. No, no, he's 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 a pile of shit. (laughs) And and while I'm breathing easier and tearing up a little bit and feeling extremely proud of us as a country today and and how we're you know we're back on the world stage now and all of that this historic these historic moments uh despite all that she is still an asshole and he is mm-hmm. still a piece of shit and um we're not going to forget it and we're not going to forgive it so and i'm i'm not just going to get over it and move on in the in the name of unity um but also today georgia and michigan have certified the results for biden in michigan norm shinkle norman shinkle the asshole republican who was not going to vote for certification, actually abstained from voting. So the vote was certified three to zero. And Pennsylvania certification was due today, though many counties say that they might miss that reporting deadline. Uh, As of the recording of this episode, we still don't have Pennsylvania certification. They're expected to wrap up either today or in the next couple of days. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court today upheld all four wins against the Trump team, Trump's legal elite strike force, and overturned one of the our losses one of the democrats losses so the record for trump now uh, in court is one win and 35 losses <laughs> 35 losses beautiful uh despite all of these bogus court cases <laughs> and all of these losses and certification shenanigans biden is moving forward with cabinet picks and here's what we know so far secretary of state anthony blinken um some of these people i know some of them i don't know so obviously afterwards you can jump in and let me know what you think about them. Um, National Security Advisor Jack Sullivan, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines. I have to admit, when I saw Avril Haines, I immediately thought of Avril Lavigne and started singing Complicated so in my head. <laughs> so horrible. I'm really sorry, future Director of National Intelligence. Wait, did she do the, did she do the, why do you got to go make things so complicated? Yes, Is that yes, her? yes. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why you gotta make things so complicated? Emily Murphy's theme song, right? <laughs> oh my God, right. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm sure she's a very professional, accomplished woman. And sorry for the Avril Lavigne comparison. Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, Ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, Climate Special Envoy, John Kerry, and Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, who I believe... Uh, wasn't she chair of the Federal Reserve under Obama? She sure was. You got it. That's right. That's right. Good very memory. Good. Excellent very, job, Amanda. Very good Canadian. Very uh, good Canadian. Thank you very much. I got to study up so they'll give me citizenship. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, a lot of firsts, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump in here before we go. Mm-hmm. Beca- well, there's one one other pick that he's thinking about, right? Yes, that's right. Michelle Flournoy as the Secretary of Defense. And look at all the women. Yeah. yeah. So Michelle Flournoy, yeah. Janet Yellen, right. Now, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, ambassador of the UN, black female, black woman, um, is going to be the face of the United States to the rest of the world. And I love that. 
Uh, and Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security, son of refugees. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. do you think how do you think his policies on on uh, except having refugees seek asylum in the United States is going to be? <laughs> yeah, he's a Cuban Cuban American. They fled from from Cuba, and didn't he? Wasn't he one of the designers of the DACA program? Also, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, of course, Anthony Blinken has refugees and immigrants in his family history, and a Holocaust survivor. Um, Jack Sullivan, National Security Advisor. I've never heard of him, and that's fucking great. I tweeted at him today. I'm like, congratulations. I've never heard of you, and I love that. Um, keep it up. <laughs> also, he has a very uh, National know? Security Advisor in um, a movie name. He does. Jack Sullivan. <laughs> and uh, But he's yeah. got a ton of experience. I've read this guy's credentials, and, and he's a Rhodes Scholar. Incredible. Like, And he didn't go yeah. to like Rhodes College. He's an like, actual Rhodes Scholar. Um, so these are fantastic picks so far. Um, a lot of people were thinking Elizabeth Warren might be, um, treasury secretary. Actually, Lael Brainard was, um, top pick, but I had heard, um, yesterday that she hadn't had much contact with the transition and that Janet Yellen was in the top position. And then as, uh, as I tweeted, they did pick Janet Yellen. So, First woman secretary of the treasury. So many, so many firsts. And this cabinet is starting to look like America. And I love it. I'm in love with it. I absolutely love that. Ooh, slight tangent related to uh, uh, immigrants and how they're shaping this country. I finally saw Hamilton for the first time. I was been bursting <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> how long did it take you to watch it? Did you watch it all in one sitting? I watched it all in one sitting last night. Yeah. And I finally yeah. understand what everyone's talking about. So... I just had to throw that Fucking in. Good, it felt right? felt relevant in terms of, you know, something looking like America. I finally, I'm so excited. So send me your Hamilton memes because I finally understand them. <laughs> <laughs> Have the Hamilton chats with Mandy yes. Reedy in Behind the Beans for patrons. Yes. <laughs> um, here's an alarming piece of news, though. This is regarding this lame duck president. This comes from Watergate reporter Carl Bernstein, who told MSNBC and tweeted that he knows of 21 Republican senators from conversations with colleagues, staff members, lobbyists and White House aides that have extreme contempt for Donald Trump and his fitness to be the president. And he, and he names them. They're Portman, Alexander, Sass, Blunt, Collins, my brow is furrowed, Murkowski, Cornyn, Thune, Romney. Braun, Young, Tim Scott, Rick Scott, the Scots, Rubio, Marco, Grassley, Chuck, Burr, Toomey, McSally, Moran, Roberts, and Shelby. Or is it Moran? I think it's Moran. So he goes on to say, with few exceptions, their craven public silence has helped enable Trump's most grievous conduct, including undermining and discrediting the U.S. electoral system. So that's that's happening today. Yes. Uh, color me unsurprised. Uh just gross. Every 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 confirmation we get of how these people uh, are so uh, corrupt is is great. And it's Thanksgiving this week, and the TSA recorded its highest number of weekend passengers since the coronavirus pandemic began in March, uh, which is great because the cases are also the highest since they began, uh, with over three million people traveling in the past three days. The surge comes despite the CDC. Uh, guidance advising against Thanksgiving travel uh, because of the mounting COVID-19 cases across the country. Sunday was the busiest travel day uh, since the pandemic began, according to TSA spokesman Daniel Velez. With over a million passengers, TSA screening surpassed a now rare amount of one million screenings on both Friday and Sunday. Uh, and Friday was the slightly lower travel day with over a million travelers. And on Saturday, the TSA saw uh, 984,000 travelers. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I'm not gonna say how I really feel about that because <laughs> if you are taking all of the precautions and you're quarantining I guess, sure, but mostly uh, I have severe judgment for you, and the nurses are displeased. Um, Okay, Uh, (laughs) now with U.S. infection levels higher than they were in the early days of the pandemic, many states are implementing stricter stay-at-home orders or tightening their entry restrictions ahead of the holiday season to require quarantines or coronavirus testing. But how well those are actually being enforced, I don't know. Yeah, and the CDC uh, took a firm stance last week, you know? Mm-hmm. Travel will increase your chance of well. For, I don't know if it's firm. They said travel may increase your chance of getting and spreading COVID nineteen. It does. You mealy mouthed piece of shit. Centers for yeah. Disease Control. I miss my old CDC, and I can't wait to have the old one back. I uh, I understand. It's it's so hard because I feel like it's such a one part of me wants to scream. Please don't fucking travel. You're putting yourself and others at risk. But the other part of me understands the like mental emotional toll that this year has taken so i just i really hope that if you are traveling to see your loved ones that you're really taking every possible precaution and if you can possibly afford it or you have the space to please 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 quarantine when you get there and um if you if it is if you're able to not travel please don't travel um we are 80 percent capacity in our county right now in terms of icu bed uh vacancies so i will be staying home <laughs> yeah yeah and where my mom lives in arizona they're at 100 percent. there are no beds in arizona and my mom is is you know she She's older. She's an older American. And so nothing can happen to her. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's very disheartening that this many people are traveling, um, you know, on the airlines and, and shit like that. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to absolutely it's complicated. Wrap that up with, you know what you know what to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, finally, we learned Friday. Um, about the the new assignments of Supreme Court justices to the circuit courts. Uh, After a quick message, we'll be right back with University of Texas law professor and SCOTUS nerd, self-proclaimed, that's not my words. Uh, He's an expert, Steve Vladek, and we're going to discuss this and what it means. It doesn't mean anything, but it's still pretty cool to, to talk about. So stay with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by the incredible people at BetterHelp, providing professional help when you need it the most. Everyone struggles in life with different challenges. If you're facing anything that's preventing you from living your happiest life, don't face it alone. Seriously, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's it's professional licensed counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in less than 24 hours. I've had my own struggles, as you know, with PTSD, and I know how important it is to seek help because doing it alone is so, so hard. And BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide with a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, a lot of which might not be locally available in your area. The best thing about BetterHelp is you can log into your account anytime from anywhere and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So visit their website, read some of the testimonials like this one by BetterHelp user GR, who says, Bethany is very understanding and down-to-earth. I feel like she definitely listens to me and understands my concerns every counseling session. I feel comfortable expressing myself honestly with her without judgment. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. So recently someone went through the painstaking but futile exercise of determining which new Supreme Court justices were assigned to the circuit courts that include Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. And joining me today to discuss this is University of Texas law professor, co-host of the National Security Law Podcast, and SCOTUS nerd, self-proclaimed Steve Vladek. Steve, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about this because uh, people on the socials are freaking out because we just shuffled the Supreme Court justices. Listeners know already that that each circuit court has a, a SCOTUS justice assigned to it, right? We've, we've seen Merrick Garland in the D.C. Circuit Court, et cetera. And, or not Merrick Garland, sorry, he's the Chief Justice. Um, Chief Roberts is in charge of the D.C. Circuit Court, right? That's right. Yeah. So we all, yeah, we kind of know how that structure goes. So we don't really have to go over that. But they're freaking out because the circuit courts that include Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia are now overseen or, you know, have the the judges assigned to them, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, Alito, and Thomas, respectively. Now, can you explain why this isn't a conspiracy? Um, Yeah, I mean, this is the nothingest burger of all nothing burgers. So Every time the court gets a new justice, they reallot the circuit justices because, you know, someone had the whoever the old justice was is no longer on the court, in this case, RBG. And so they have to move justices around to accommodate that gap and to accommodate the new justice. And the tradition is that you give a justice the responsibility for covering a circuit they came from on the theory that, one, it might be where they're from geographically, two, they know the court well, three, they already have relationships with the judges. So, you know, this is why Alito already had the Third Circuit, which includes Pennsylvania. It's why Thomas already had the Eleventh Circuit, which includes Georgia, um, where he's from, oh, by the way. And all that the court did on Friday, which everyone who watches the court was expecting, was reassign and reallot the circuit justices in light of Justice Barrett's confirmation. And everyone expected that they would give the Seventh Circuit to Justice Barrett because that's where she was a judge. Um, And so this created a couple of sort of moving chair questions. So Justice Kavanaugh had the Seventh Circuit previously, and Justice Sotomayor had the Tenth. Um, And Justice Ginsburg, of course, had the second. And so they moved Sotomayor to the second because that's where she was a circuit judge, which leaves um, which leaves the, you know, the the sixth and the eighth. I'm sorry, somebody had the sixth, which leaves the sixth and the eighth for Kavanaugh. So this is just I mean, to say this is a nothing burger is to give it even more credence than it's due. Everyone expected this reshuffling. Everyone expected it actually sooner. Like the fact that it only came out on Friday was a bit of a surprise. Um, There's nothing nefarious about putting Justice Barrett in charge of applications from the Seventh Circuit, just like Alito has been in charge of applications from the Third Circuit for over a decade now. So, you know, all of this is sort of completely routine. And then there's the added point that circuit justices can't do very much by themselves. Yeah, I I was going to say, let's take that a step further. Even if there was some grand plot to get these conservative justices in the circuit courts where these four states are, they don't do anything. I mean, they do, but, you know, they don't really have any bearing on the outcome of cases unless they're assigned to a panel. Are they even assigned to panels? No. And so the way I mean, so the basic way it works is the the circuit justice's primary responsibility is they are the first conduit at the court for emergency applications from their circuit. Um, most of those applications are totally mundane, like an application to extend time to file a cert petition 
goes to the circuit justice as opposed to the full court. Um, an emergency stay application, right? Now we're getting more serious. That goes to the circuit justice in the first instance. But, you know, since the 1970s, the justices have been taking any emergency application that they reasonably believe could divide the court and referring it to the full court for decision. So it would have to be it would be wildly out of tradition and wildly out of practice for any one of these justices to take, say, an emergency application in, um, I don't know, a Wisconsin recount case and decide it on their own. And even, I mean, the only example we have, you know, Justice Alito issued an order by himself um, in the Pennsylvania late arriving mail-in ballots case. But the order was a temporary one. And he said, I'm just doing this until the full court can decide. So, you know, there's this, the reassignment is routine. The substance of the reassignment is entirely what I would have predicted, given where the justice came from. And even if we think there was nefariousness behind this, there's almost nothing these justices could do by themselves, even if an appropriate case got there, which it hasn't. So the short version is everyone just needs to chill. (laughs) And even beyond that, even if somebody did go out of their way and make some weird (laughs) decision, it can be appealed to the full Supreme Court. That's Uh, right. There's no context in which an individual circuit justice would have the last word on anything. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. You're right. There's no instance in which that could happen. And so everyone... I think that's great advice. Chill. And, and just, I mean, the you know, the the last time that was not true, the last time that you could have had an individual justice acting for the full court without further appeal was the last time the Supreme Court didn't have a continuous term, and that was 1979. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. And we don't have that right now. So the court meets the, the ever since 1979, the court sits in a continuous term, meaning that it never actually adjourns. Oh, OK. Well, there you go. So it can't it can't happen again. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, University of Texas law professor, co-host of the National Security Law podcast. Everyone check that out. Steve Vladek, I appreciate you explaining that to us today. My pleasure. All right, everybody. We'll be right back with news from under the radar. Stay with us. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As you probably know by now, the past four years or so, I've had trouble sleeping. Lay awake, staring at the ceiling, tossing and turning all night, breathing a sigh of relief finally today. But I've had trouble sleeping, and I I was wondering, you know, why that was. I thought it might be, you know, that Trump was president. But as it turned out, I also had a trash mattress. So, thank goodness for Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep understands that you are unique, and they customize your mattress to fit you in the way you sleep the best. Helix Sleep created an online sleep quiz. takes about two minutes, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. If you like a mattress that's soft, or if you like a firm or medium, or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach, or if you sleep hot, uh, with Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. Like me, I was matched to the Helix Midnight. I like my bed medium firm, and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, you can also take Mandy Reedy and Joelle's word for it. They love theirs. Jordan loves hers. Best mattress we've ever slept on. And Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick in 2019 and now 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it, but you will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for some news from under the radar. With all of the election stuff going on, all of the certifications today, with GSA Emily finally kind of (laughs) officially starting the transition. It has officially started. But, you know, she did it without actually saying uh, that, that Biden 
um, was the apparent winner or uh, that she had ascertained that he was or without calling him Mr. President-elect Joe Biden or even Vice President Biden. She called him Mr. Biden. Anyway, you, you know I'm mad. We don't have to go over that again. But something else happened uh, in the news today from Reuters that is very, very important. Netanyahu, Bibi, met with Saudi Crown Prince and Secretary Pompeo in Saudi Arabia. Um, so from uh, Jerusalem, Reuters, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu traveled to Saudi Arabia and met its crown prince. And in uh, this is according to an Israeli official um, who spoke uh, to Reuters on Monday. And this would be the first publicly confirmed visit there by an Israeli leader as the country's close ranks against Iran. So that's kind of the catalyst for this. Earlier, uh, Israeli media said Netanyahu had secretly flown on Sunday to Noam uh, in the, you know, on the Red Sea for talks with Crown Prince MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, and the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Reports of the meeting, according to Reuters, between the Crown Prince and Netanyahu were denied by Saudi Arabia's foreign minister, Prince Faisal bin Farhan al-Saud. Quote, I met Pompeo at the airport and went with him to the meeting, then I took him back to the airport. Saudi and American officials were the only ones present throughout, he said. He denied that Netanyahu was there. You know Netanyahu is under indictment, right, under investigation and all that. So Saudi Arabia, Islam's birthplace, has long championed the Palestine or the Palestinian cause and shunned official contacts with Israel. Apparently they're still doing that. Um, Netanyahu, speaking publicly after the Saudi denial, was circumspect about any clandestine travel and asked at a meeting of his right-wing Likud faction about the Saudi visit, Netanyahu replied, Are you serious? Friends, throughout many years, I have never commented on such things, and I do not intend to start doing so now. So he didn't affirm or deny it. A spokesperson for Pompeo declined to comment, (laughs) so there's that. But asked about the Israeli media reports, Yoav Gallant, a member of Netanyahu's security cabinet, told Army Radio, quote, the very fact the meeting happened and was outed publicly, even if half officially right now, is a matter of great importance. So that's somebody from Netanyahu's security cabinet saying that the meeting did occur. Uh, And even if we tried to keep it a secret, it's very important that it happened. And the Israeli defense minister, uh, Benny Gantz, in a speech condemned the irresponsible leak of the secret flight to Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Netanyahu is in an apparent, this apparently is a message to President-elect Joe Biden, um, and he said in a speech on Sunday that there should be no return to the 2015 Iran nuclear deal abandoned by President Donald Trump. Now we know Trump has been setting fires, um, making it just a vengeful, spiteful child who, instead of taking his toys and leaving is going to break all of Biden's toys, except Biden's toys are democracy. So here we are. um, And, and, you know, I don't want to speculate what Pompeo was discussing with MBS uh, and Netanyahu, but we know they're all on the same team against Iran, even though, I mean, let's be honest, Trump and Barr were trying to keep Hulk Bank and Turkey's Hulk Bank from being indicted for skirting our Iranian sanctions and smuggling gold and cash there. So, you know, it's it's talking out of one hat, one side of your mouth. Uh, it's 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 very 
That's very interesting. And Reuters goes on to say, as Trump's term winds down, Pompeo has been trying to coax Saudi Arabia to follow the UAE, Bahrain, and Sudan in moving toward a formal into formal diplomatic relations with Israel. So this could this might just be another attempt to put together some Middle East peace deal, um, like they've been trying to do. um, You know, but Kushner wasn't there apparently. Israel sent a delegation to Sudan on Monday, according to Israeli media, and Israeli and Sudanese officials did not comment on that either. Israel and its Gulf partners may share concern about a possible review of U.S. policies in the region by Biden. We know Biden has said he would rejoin the nuclear accord uh, that world power signed with Iran uh, if it first resumed strict compliance with the deal and would work with allies to strengthen the terms. And since August, Riyadh has allowed Israeli airliners to overfly Saudi territory to newly available Gulf destinations and Asia. And more publicly, closing ranks with the Saudi crown prince could help the conservative Netanyahu burnish his statesman credentials as he faces domestic challenges, like I brought up earlier. They include a trial on corruption charges, which Netanyahu, Israeli's longest serving prime minister, denies, and a feud with a centrist coalition partner, Gantz. That's the the guy who said what he said earlier. Gantz, he says, quote, Gantz does, does politics while the prime minister makes peace. That's a Netanyahu spokesman. And on Saturday, asked on Saturday whether Riyadh had changed its position on Israel, Saudi Arabia's foreign minister said the kingdom had favored normalization for a long time, but on condition Israel and the Palestinians reach a permanent and full peace deal. Palestinian militant groups condemned the news uh, of a softer Saudi line with their enemy, Israel. Palestinian Islamic Jihad called it a betrayal uh, of Jerusalem, blessed Mecca and Medina. So that is what's happening in the Middle East right now with our government apparently on board. Although we haven't seen, I haven't seen any readouts from the Department of State on what they discussed or what their plans are. Uh, I don't feel like it could be good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, unless he's maybe maybe Trump's just trying to do a last minute legacy thing. Peace in the Middle East. Peace, 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 peace. Just like uh, when you remember, I was talking about Kushner a little bit ago when Kushner said, I figured it out. I have a solution. It's called the two state solution. And everyone went, yeah, we've heard that one. Uh, and they didn't even include the Palestinians on that deal. So well done. Anyway, we will be right back with the good news and Mandy Reedy. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this segment of Daily Beans is brought to you by American Giant. Right now, it's more important than ever to support our local communities and businesses and champion the men and women making things in this country. Did you know that in 1960, 95% of all clothing was made in the USA, and today it's only 3%. I think right now is the perfect time to be buying clothes that are made here. Have you ever stopped to wonder why we make all of our stuff overseas? Why does most of the stuff we buy feel disposable and cheap, and we end up throwing it away? It gets in our landfills. American Giant's goal is to make things better and to make better things. American Giant has built a 100% USA-based supply chain with a strong relationship to factories, workers, and communities at every step. It is not the cheapest, but it makes for a better sweatshirt, and it's better for our people and for the planet. American Giant makes clothing that's durable, not disposable. They're reclaiming the American tradition of making high-quality clothes that last, clothes that are meant to be used more, so you need less. Their clothes are made to be worn and kept longer. Clothes built to last do not end up in landfills, like I said. And I I recently received their beautiful merino v-neck sweater in steel blue. I love the color. Really amazing quality. Very, very good design. Very comfortable and soft. And best of all, it was manufactured here in the United States, supporting local communities. So check out American Giant and get the best, most high-quality clothes on the market. And get 15% off your order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at American-GIANT. 
americandashgiant.com. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at americandashgiant.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. And back with me to help read the good news is our very, very dear, dear friend, Mandy Reedy. How are you? How are you, Mandy? Are you still the same? I am good. It's so nice to, um, yeah, since since two minutes ago, I'm fantastic. Um, it's so nice to be back reading the good news. Yeah, it's always such a fun thing to do. And, and you know, we miss you. And uh, I'm so glad that you could join us today um, as our good friend Dana is uh, taking a couple days. Uh, anyway, let's read the good news. If you have any good news, whether it's personal or professional, or if you have a quarantine confession, we're all going to be locked down this winter. Um, you want to tell us about your holiday plans, you know, at home um, with your fam, what you're doing. You want to send us just photos, just send us photos of your kids or your pod pets or your Christmas lights or your tree or whatever. Anything that you want to do or, cor- or corrections, even if, if I get something wrong, do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. It's all set up there for you. Nice, nice. Uh, our first bit of good news comes from KL, pronouns she and her. Confession. Ooh, it's confession. In the mm. before times, I was loosely interested and involved in a school board and PTA discussions where there were hot issues and I wanted to opine on. I've been attending every and all PTA, PTA board, school board, and district information Zoom sessions since March. It started because I cared about how we manage the pandemic as a district in Ruby Red, Texas. But then I discovered it gets me out of the bedtime process for my overhyped kid. (laughs) So at least once a week, I grab a cocktail, head to the porch. I need quiet so I can pay attention, yo. And attend the most boring, unimportant meetings ever. Sometimes I leave my earbuds in and pretend it's running... Uh, running long just to get more time alone. (laughs) I love my family, but oh, my stars, they never leave me alone. Whatever will I do this week when my husband certainly knows the district isn't working? Any suggestions? Yeah, listen to the pod. Uh, (laughs) I've attached my pod pet tax, our feral TNR kitty, protesting shelter in place orders and getting out of our house, out of her house. Excuse me. Thanks for keeping me sane, especially in the last few months. I've been listening since the kitchen days. Sigh. Such quaint, innocent times. (laughs) Yeah. Remember the old Russia interfering in our elections times? Such easier days. (laughs) She says, have a happy holiday week and be sure to take some rest. And look at this house that they built for this cat and that the cat is standing on top of it. That's so cute. What a good kitty. Look at the belly. Chonky, flabby belly. I want to pet it. It's a very good pod kitty. Also, I say this with all the love in the world, KL, but my brutal suggestion for you here is maybe tell your husband that you need some alone time and go for a walk by yourself. You're totally allowed to do that. It is okay to take alone time even when you have husband uh, and kids who who also need your attention. So if you're listening to this, tell your partner or your spouse that you need alone time sometimes. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm all I'm all Gen X. I'm like I got 900 ways you can sneak. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're like you're like you want suggestions. I got suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take this offline. Let's take this offline, KL. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Yeah, I know. We have had when I was doing confessions earlier uh, in the lockdown when I was hosting them. So many people were like, uh, "My husband thinks that I'm doing a meeting, but actually, I'm listening to your podcast." Um, we also approve of that. I know. And every time I read those, every time I read those, I'm like, "Ooh, I got some ideas." And then you're like, "Just tell him." And I'm like, 
Yeah, just tell him. <laughs> God. Hey, conflict is 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 harder. It's easier said than done. Um. All right. Phil says uh, Phil's pronouns are he him. He says I don't think I would be. <laughs> Sorry, I need to restart because I started to read this. <laughs> no, and I got ahead no. of myself, and I saw the rest of the sentence, and I couldn't stop myself from laughing. You don't. You don't get to start over. <laughs> No, we're just gonna roll with it. It's over. just that Phil, yeah. you made me laugh. I, I don't think I would be sitting down to pee if it weren't for this podcast. Can you, Phil? Before we go on, Phil, can you go to Apple and leave that, leave a five star rating, and just leave that comment? I, I don't think I'd be sitting down to pee if it weren't for this podcast. Five stars. Can you do that for me, Phil? That'd be great. Thank you so much, Phil. Um, so Phil says, I don't think I would be sitting down to pee if it weren't for this podcast. You're so welcome, Phil. You all saved my girlfriend and I from so many arguments. I didn't realize how bad my aim was. We have one bathroom and we're both working from home. So the toilet is a popular spot. Now the floor around it stays cleaner and longer. Also, thank you for the news insights. Uh, but those weren't going to save my relationship. <laughs> Uh, wow so i haven't lived with a man or anyone with a penis in a really long time and i did not realize that like spray was a big issue for (laughs) y'all aim aim and spray yeah Mm -hmm. all right well uh good and and men aren't and men aren't neutered usually so they ha- their pee has a stronger smell. Uh, Mandy, read the next one, too, because that one was pretty short. Sure. No problem. Uh, from Patrick. Uh, Patrick says, uh, hey, Leguminati's good news. After waiting more than a month, I brought home my new eight-week-old kitten. Oh, my God. Such a cute kitten. Everyone show Prince Harry, son of Diana, in parentheses, some love. He might even have a brand new brother or sister coming soon. Uh, cutest kitten ever. I'm sure that uh, Kanai will share this uh, on social media and in your newsletter and your and in your uh, patron group and stuff because oh my mm-hmm. god, mm-hmm. it's a little fluff. It's a little potat, right? And there's one where he's yawning and his and his front arms are stretched out. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, he's he's a loaf. He's a kitty loaf. He's sitting like a kitty loaf. He's a tabby. He's got beautiful markings. He looks so soft. so beautiful. Yeah, the one of the, the picture on the right where he's stretching, that's exactly the kind of stretch where you'd go, ooh, good stretch. Good stretch. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up from Mr. Anonymous, Dear Beans Queens, part good news, part confession. The confession comes first. I'm sure by now we've all heard the leaked info, the leaked audio of Melania talking about Christmas. I heard it, shrugged my shoulders, and thought it sounded exactly like what I thought she'd say. Like most outrageous Trump-related stories, it got buried almost as fast as the story was reported. Then... About three weeks ago, Dana made a joke about Melania's comment, but this time I heard it very differently as Dana's comic wit really emphasized how Melania says the word Christmas. Uh, This got an unexpected loud laughter burst out of me. Then it got the evil gears in my brain working. Uh, It was a surprise to me that the very next morning when I woke up, I had a completed idea in my head for a Christmas song that featured Melania. So my confession is that Dana's jab inspired me to create a new holiday song. Thanks, DG. The good news. I ripped Melania's audio off YouTube and got my arse up to the studio and wrote the song. Not stopping there, I decided to hire an animator on the cheap and create a quick video for it. It's not the fanciest of videos, but it gets a point across. With the help of the Legumaverse, maybe we can make this go viral. Not for my vanity's sake. Oh no, I am staying anonymous. I do not want or need the attention. But nothing would be more glorious than if this got in front of the First Lady herself. 
I have not premiered this song on video anywhere yet. I hope Allison will be the VJ and give it an official world premiere video audio. After the premiere, let's spread the thing far and wide. You can find it on YouTube under the Caged Kids Choir. Oh, my God. And without further ado, I give you the Caged Kids Choir singing the new song, Christmas Stuff, <laughs> featuring Melania Trump. May this bring peace and joy to your 2020 holiday season. Who gives a fuck about Christmas stuff indeed? <laughs> and then we'll have the link. In, uh, we'll have the link for you in the newsletter. I am s- screaming right now. <laughs> screaming inside your heart? Yeah, I'm screaming with joy. I Your fans are so incredible, and I have not watched this yet, but I'm going to do it immediately after recording, because wow, hmm. and also, fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing. Uh, okay, <laughs> the next one is from Sarah. Uh, pronouns are she, her, and Sarah says... I've been teaching elementary for about 15 years. This has been the most challenging year by far, uh, unsurprisingly. The kids and their parents have new challenges, and all of us teachers have had to put on several more hats. We've all become technical support and complaint centers, not that we weren't those before, but now it's with tech that we are just now learning and have our own issues with. But it's all worth it, and when I get to tell a parent I'll get to their issue after Thanksgiving vacation, teachers need time to recharge too. Uh, thank you for distilling the current events so we can have some extra bandwidth to concentrate on other stuff. Oh, that's a really yeah. nice way of putting it. Yeah, I never heard it that way before. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, I, I do it for you. Sweet. No problem. Uh, next up from Carl. Carl, pronouns he and him. I, I say Carl that way because I used to have a cat named The Face, and he used to talk to his imaginary friend named Carl in the toilet and basically he'd put his feet up on the toilet and stick his head in the bowl and he would say carl carl i <laughs> thought maybe the ghost of carl sagan lived in my toilet i'm never quite sure but then he would reach up and flush the toilet he was a huge cat he was a main coon so i don't know if he was trying to drown his imaginary friend anyway carl says i have a correction unless i just missed a joke which now that i think about it is probably the likeliest scenario the very <laughs> funny dana said that trump should have tried to bribe the michigan canvassing board with crook champagne I've been into cheap booze for a long time, and I've never run into a bottle of Crooks. I'm guessing she meant Cooks. That's the cheap stuff for sure. Whatever it is, I'm looking forward to toasting the Crooks. Uh, these Crooks gooses being cooked. Thanks for all the news and swears every day. And yes, Carl, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it after. She's like, do you think they'll think I actually think there's champagne called Crooks? And I was like, no, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh. Aww. So close. Well, Mandy, it's been a delight. It has been a delight. It has been a delight. And I was thinking to myself uh, the other day when I was watching that press conference with Rudy Giuliani and the hair dye was rolling down his face, I thought... Oh, I kind of miss being on the show because I absolutely would have laughed my ass off with AG about that today. (laughs) Yeah, that was a day. And, you know, I wish you'd have been here for the... You know, the Four Seasons Total Landscaping, the Dildo oh Shop and the Crematorium. There's just been so much gold um, to come out of the, of the of the you know, the Giuliani Kraken or Strike Force or whatever they're fucking called. I don't know. The narrative of Sidney Powell over the last few days? Oh, my God. So when you asked me to come on the show, <laughs> I was like, absolutely, yes, because things have been insane and I got to talk to someone about it. <laughs> yeah, I did find out, though, the reason that they did kick her off is apparently because she blamed republicans in georgia um for rigging the election yes. against against doug collins uh so that's the basically they were like oh no you can you can dismantle democracy but you can't 
blame the Republicans. Um, so that that's kind of pretty much what happened. But correct me if I'm wrong. There are some Senate races coming up in Georgia that Republicans need to win. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, you know, Trump has asked, Trump has asked for a recount in Georgia. And if he goes forward with it, even though Georgia certified their results today, because you can't ask for the recount until after the results are certified, that could, people just could become exasperated. And I've also heard this bit of good news on Parler right now, a bunch of Republican QAnon cult dorks are saying that they're going to protest the January 5th runoff by writing in Trump's name instead of voting for either Purdue or Loeffler. So more power to you. Yeah, protest all you want. Um, if you know anyone who's planning on doing that, you should encourage them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. Vote for Democrats to own the libs. I love it. Um, okay, well, that's the show. Yes, it was great being on, and I'll be on again tomorrow. Yes, we will see you tomorrow, everybody. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of your mental health, and take care of the planet. I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reeder. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>